Hello, and welcome to Religious Rebels, a podcast where we push back on behavior-based religion, question Christianese concepts, and seek to find Jesus in the awkward middle way of grace and truth. I'm Christy Lynn Wood. Hello, welcome back to Religious Rebels. So today we're going to tackle a topic that can be awkward and uncomfortable and something that we're not always really sure what to do with. But yet all of us who are rethinking our faith and kind of taking it apart, putting it back together again, we end up coming face to face with this thing, and that's the Bible. So we're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to talk about what I used to think about the Bible. We're going to talk about what I currently think about the Bible. And I'm going to talk about some other ways that people maybe talk about or think about the Bible as well. So let's talk about how I used to think about the Bible back in the cult days. Nobody ever really told me what the Bible was for. We used to think of it as this mystical, magical book that kind of we could use to hear from God. In fact, Bill Gothard had us look for these things called rhemas, rhemas, which is the Greek word for word. So we would look through scripture, reading, trying to find this special rhema from God, where the Bible was supposedly able to just jump out at us and talk to us and just really speak to our moment in time. It did not matter if these verses were in context or not. It did not matter if they were intended to be for a completely different topic or people or if we were completely taking them ripping them from context in the pages. It did not matter as long as they jumped out at us in this kind of supernatural, mystical kind of way. We basically used the Bible like a religious Ouija board. It's terrible. One of the associate pastors at my church was reading through Leviticus or someplace where they were talking about the sacrifices, and he was praying about whether he was supposed to move to the Thumb of Michigan, apparently. And because he kept hearing the word pigeon come up over and over again in these sacrifices, he decided that he was supposed to move to Pigeon, Michigan. It's just terrible. It's a terrible way to read scripture, but we didn't know any better. This is how we were taught to use the Bible. And of course, we're using King James Version. And so the word is wording is very ancient and archaic and just strange. Things don't make sense. And so we can really twist it and really make it seem weird and out of touch. And who knows what it means and how it could mean to our real life. Crazy. There's a lot of things people didn't tell me about the Bible back in my cult days that I wish they had talked to me about. And so I'm going to kind of go through a list with you about things people never told me about the Bible. So I used the Bible in these bizarre ways that was never intended to be used. And I did not know very specific things about the Bible that are really important for us to know as we're reading it. No one told me the Bible was an ancient book that it had been written thousands of years ago, that it had been written by many, many different authors with variety of backgrounds, and that they were all from the Middle East, that they had a different culture, a different way of looking at the world, a different way of seeing just story and narrative, and we'll talk about this more later, that they had widely different perspectives, that they were prophets and kings and shepherds and doctors and all kinds of people were writing these books. No one told me that the different books had different genres that there were letters and books of wisdom and history. And I mean, it goes on and on. There are so many different genres in scripture. 
and that each genre should be read differently because it has a different purpose and a different point to it. No one told me that everything in the Bible wasn't literal. I, I think I just believed that everything was very literal, that I could read this in English and just have these literal understandings of it. I didn't understand that I couldn't just grab things out of context, that it was important to read the verses surrounding a verse and the chapters surrounding a verse and even the whole book to find out what the context of these verses was, what they really meant. Nobody told me that I was going to be missing a ton of my English translations, a ton of metaphor and idioms of poetry, like the chiasms in the Hebrew that are just beautiful and really powerful and have a point and a purpose, and we miss them in our English translations. No one told me that I'd be missing things like war language and other stuff like that from the culture that I just didn't get. And no one told me that English translations all have a bias of some kind, that many of them were translated for a purpose, that the translators were looking to make a certain point or reacting to a different translation. When we think about the Bible, it can get really complicated. And like so many crazy things in this world that we live in, there are often two sides. And so we see this one side that thinks this about the Bible and then this other side over here that thinks this other stuff about the Bible. And you're kind of in the middle, like, what am I supposed to believe about the Bible? And like I said before, people who grew up like me with that very conservative, rigid, the Bible is the word of God. Every part of it is literal. Every part of it is without error. And I still, I'm still kind of in the middle in that inerrancy thing because people take it way too far and say that there's, you know, there's absolutely no error. And yet for me, I struggle with the idea of like, well, the Bible is errors and I can pull it apart and take it apart because I'm like, this is God's word. This was inspired by the Spirit of God. He told people as they were writing this down, His Spirit was moving through. And so I really want to be careful to not just in my own human wisdom and supposed understanding, be like pitching things out here and there. But at the same time, these people who are like, it's without error in their own way of interpreting it and seeing it. That's the part that I'm like, yeah, that's not right either because you're saying it's without error, but it's your own interpretation and the perspective that you claim are without error. So I think we really need to be careful as we dig into what it really means, what it really says, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. So like I said, there's some to be off in these two sides where one side is like, well, you know, it's metaphorical. There wasn't really any real Jesus. There wasn't a real Genesis. None of this is really real. And the other side is over here like, this is literal and it's inerrant and the way I'm seeing things, it's right. And, and I, once again, in the middle here, like I want to have a deep respect and love and honor for the Bible. And because it is the inspired word of God, I feel very hesitant to just be able to like rip it apart and be like, yeah, chuck, chuck, chuck. I think we need to stop and recognize some things and with caution and humility begin to pursue truth in scripture. And I'm going to talk about that more. And I think the biggest thing that both of these people tend to forget about the Bible is that it wasn't written to us. The Bible was not written to people from the Western perspective in the 21st century in America or in Europe or in Canada or other places like this that have that Western mentality. It was not written to us. It was written many, many years ago by Middle Eastern people to Middle Eastern people. And culturally wise, culturally wise, we are very different. And the way we approach scripture is very different. 
And I think that if we in the West are going to have an accurate understanding of what the Bible really is and what the point of it is and the purpose of it is and who the God that's revealed through it is, we must step back and recognize that we are outsiders, that we don't understand, that this is not natural to us, and that we need to take some time to really process and think through from a different perspective. We don't understand the culture. We don't understand the styles. We don't understand the questions that we should be asking. We are outsiders looking in. We are Gentiles. We are Westerners looking in to something that we don't understand. And for us to quickly judge and condemn, I think is just really (laughs) unhelpful and prideful and just not a great way to pursue things. I also don't think it's a great idea for us to just come in with our Western perspective and say, this is my understanding. This is what this means. This is where it is. And just same thing, just very prideful and just saying, this is how it is. I think it's very important for us to acknowledge the fact that I am an outsider. I don't understand this. I'm not asking the same questions that they'll be asking. I'm not seeing it through the perspective that they would have seen it. How can I change my own perspective in a way that will be more accurate to the actual meaning of scripture? So let's talk about this. So much of the Bible is narrative, it's story, Genesis, much of it is oral tradition that was passed down from generation to generation to generation until it was finally recorded. And the point of, especially the Old Testament and the the Genesis and the whole stories like that is not so much that it's science or that it's all these details that we're trying to discover, like what really happened, all these things. It is the story of God and the people that he created. And we are asking the wrong questions when we jump in from our Western perspective and we say, what are the details? How did it happen? Where are the rules, the laws, the principles? And how does this relate to me? That's a very Western way of looking things. And so whether or not we're saying, hey, where are the laws, rules, and principles for me right now so I can follow them? Or you're saying the laws, rules, and principles that I'm going to reject because I don't feel comfortable with this, because I think this story is really awful because this was whatever. There's a lot of judgment that comes towards the Bible that I think we just need to reserve until we've looked at it from a different perspective to recognize that we are outsiders in a culture we don't understand. And we need to just humble ourselves, look at it differently and come at it with a new perspective. So I love the books by Christy McClellan and she was heavily influenced by Kenneth E. Bailey. Both of these people are fantastic. Kenneth Bailey, um, Wow. He's written a number of different books, but he is a Middle Eastern man who grew up in the Middle East, was a professor, and um, I think he was president for a while of some seminaries over in the Middle East. He has read Middle Eastern theologians from back, I mean, centuries ago. He's just really well, he just really has a great understanding of Middle Eastern culture and the Bible and just wonderful. Cannot recommend him strongly enough. One of the things that I learned as I was reading these two authors is that we're not asking the same qu- the right questions. I mentioned this. We are not asking the right questions. We want to know details, hows, rules, laws, and principles, and how does this pertain to me? And the Middle Eastern questions are very different. So in a culture that just is very, very surrounded by narrative and story, the purpose of scripture and the questions they would be asking are vastly different. So we come at scripture and we see these stories and these narratives. What we should be asking is, why would God do that? Why would God do that? What is this teaching me about who God is? And instead of like, what are all the details of this story? 
synthesize it across scripture and say, how do these things connect? How do these things to connect to the other parts of scripture? And I think that just opens my eyes so much bigger, especially in the Old Testament. As I look at these stories, why would God do that? Why would God work in the midst of these broken people, in this broken culture, and why would he do the things that he's doing? Can I, can I lay aside my judgment that I quickly want to judge with my Western American 21st century perspective? Can I lay aside that judgment and can I ask a question that simply says, why would God do that? What does this teach me about God? And how does this tie in with other scriptures that I've seen? I think that kind of an understanding of scripture to look at it from that way, especially if you get a different translation than you're used to, I think that you may be able to just open your mind to some of these stories in ways that are completely different because we tend to moralize the crap out of the Bible. I just can't believe all the stories, especially in like judges and kings and stuff that you've heard, all these classical stories that then we moralize. We turn it around to like rules and laws and principles and what should we learn from this and who this person should have been and whatever. Instead of recognizing this is a narrative, this is a story that's telling me something about God. If we would go back and look at these stories with that perspective, I think we'd be astounded at what we find. And I think we'd be really humbled at the way we we have mistreated those stories and abused them. Let's be honest. And like I said, moralize them to death. In pride, guys, it's so easy for us to say my perspective is right. I think we somehow think we've evolved better than the people who wrote scripture because they were, you know, a few hundred thousand years, whatever, away from us. But that's really, really prideful to feel that way. And in humility, I think we need to say, I don't know. Teach me. I don't know this. Can you teach me? Guys, we're looking for more. We are looking for more. I honestly think we're looking for Jesus. And if we read the Bible, looking for Jesus, he's everywhere. He's absolutely everywhere. As many of you know, the Bible can be used and abused. It can be made to look like it promotes just about anything. If you grab verses out of context, I mean, you could twist it and make it look like it says anything. It's awful. And so I think we need to be careful with scripture. I don't think we can say that it's like scripture worship. Obviously, we need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus. We need people in our lives. But we do need the word of God to understand who is this God? Who am I as a creature that he made? And what does this have to do with my life? What is this grand purpose? What is this plan for me? I think it's really important that we don't just reject things that we're uncomfortable with, but that we are willing to just sit with them and wrestle with them and recognize that I may not understand. There may be something here that I'm just feeling so icky about this story or whatever, but maybe there's things that I just don't understand culturally. And maybe I need to step back before I judge and condemn and try to throw it away and say, what do I need to understand? And what is this teaching me about God? Because there's a lot of things. I would say judges teaches me that God uses broken people. That even when things are completely falling apart, he steps in and fixes it. That there are always people who are connected with him. I have some blog posts that I'll try to link in the show notes that really just open my eyes to this and just yeah, just ask those other questions. I think the biggest thing I take away from the Bible recently is that it's the story of God and the people he created. 
And we talked about synthesizing scripture instead of trying to dig in and dig it apart and find all these details, but synthesizing, bringing it together. And if you look at the Bible, you will see in the very beginning, it starts the story of God and people connected, walking together in the Garden of Eden. And in the end of scripture, it talks about this marriage feast, the Lamb in Revelation, where once again, God and people are living together on the new heavens and the new earth. And in the middle of the Bible, Jesus comes and lives with us, walks with us here in this world for 30 plus years. That's powerful. And that's the kind of thing that I see through scripture as you look for those themes that weave their way through. And even as you look for things like directions, this is crazy. But if you look into the story of the Garden of Eden, when they are kicked out of the Garden of Eden, there is a cherubim placed on the east side of the garden and they are kicked out. When they build the tabernacle, the door is on the east side. And in Jewish tradition, to go east is to walk away from God. And to go west is to come near to him. And so as people were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, they were kicked out to the east. And when everyone would walk into the tabernacle and into the temple, and they would get closer to the holy place and the holy of holies, they'd be going farther and farther west. That to me is beautiful. Like that's just a gorgeous and amazing thing. You want to do some fun research? Look up the Tower of Babel story and compare that to Pentecost in the New Testament. This is what I'm talking about, guys. There are so many of these things that are just woven through, picked up here, picked up there, and it's just a different way of looking at things because it's a different culture. The people who wrote it were from a different culture. The people who heard it and read it were from a different culture. And the sooner we can recognize that I don't get it, I am an outsider looking in, and I had to humbly approach this and say, teach me, I need to know, I want to know, the better off we'll be. So much of the abuse of scripture happens because people assume things about the Bible. And we need to stop assuming and start learning for ourselves. So I would just encourage you guys, don't reject the Bible and throw it away. At the same time, don't keep reading it like you always have. Is there a new way to approach it? Get a different translation. I'm obsessed with the Net Bible right now. You can actually get a free copy online. Netbible.org has tons of study notes, tons of articles attached to it. Really easy to study and look and kind of go back and forth and dig netbible.org. Fantastic. Um, It's a newer translation and I'm really into it. Other translations I'm a little sketchy about these days. So, but just do some research, look into it, see if you can find a different translation. So you're not just reading the same old things, hearing the same old thoughts in your heads, and then just ask better questions, ask new questions. What is God doing? How does this show me who God is? And how does this tie together with the rest of scripture and the themes in scripture? Hey, you got this. You can do it. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep searching.